Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. It's time to hear from you. Kendall and Casey present voicemails. Brought to you by QC Kinetics for non-surgical regenerative medicine treatments at 317-559-PAIN. Number 317-684-8444. If you'd like to contribute, we would like to hear from you with your voicemails. It is 1035. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So we're going to talk about this coming up in just a little bit. But yesterday, the UAW has uh, endorsed Joe Biden, of course, after a long delay. The president was talking, the president of the UAW uh-huh. was talking about why they endorsed Biden. And uh, he said that uh, they're going to. Uh, endorsements are earned. Oh. Uh, that, that's what he said. I'm just wondering sure. how yeah. much how much that uh, earning. And yeah, because the, the the UAW just doesn't have a long and lengthy history mm-hmm. of just rolling over dead for whatever Democrat schmuck is on the ballot. But uh, while he was talking, the president of the UAW he also took the opportunity to rip on Donald Trump, and uh, somebody wanted to call and had a comment about that. So the UAW just announced that they are endorsing Joe Biden for president. Imagine that. Uh, Maybe it's time that uh, everybody who is a conservative Republican or supports Trump to consider Honda, Toyota, Nissan, Kia for their next vehicle. Hmm. Uh, Hashtag cancel UAW. Receding message was paid for by Rob Kendall for governor 2024. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. You couldn't pay me enough to go back into politics, but uh, that's flattering. Um, Here's what's interesting, and I heard Tony talking a little bit about this on the way in this morning, and he's right. The UAW rank and file, I I hear what that guy is saying, but the... Rank-and-file workers, many, many, many of them will not vote for Joe Biden and are going to vote for Donald Trump. And there was a time in another world where, you know, UAW endorsement meant rank-and-file, everybody, boom, here we go, here's your marching orders. That isn't how that works anymore. Mm -hmm. They're going to give him money, him being Joe Biden. They're going to provide him with resources. Mm -hmm. But it isn't going to matter. Look, at this point, the condition of this country, assuming Biden is the nominee, which I share your skepticism on whether that will be the case, all the money in the world isn't going to change somebody's mind whether their life is better or not. And that is why we keep coming back to the onus is on Trump to stay disciplined on his message, to stay focused on his message, to keep the campaign about the message and about the results of Joe Biden, because it doesn't you could spend. Somebody could drop $20 million in Indiana tomorrow trying to convince you your life is better, and the people here are too smart for that. It doesn't matter what you spend. So I don't think this is nearly that that big a deal. And, yeah, I agree that those people should speak out, but, you know, it, it is what it is, and I don't think it's nearly as uniformed. The people who make up the union just vote 
however the leadership says like it used to be. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when they were striking and Donald Trump went there and had a rally? The president of the UAW has now called Trump a scab. And then Biden went and he was standing there on the picket line. And didn't he tell some of the people to shut up? Yeah, he looked very confused. He was wandering around. He didn't know where to stand. Uh, again, this election is going to come down to are you content with the condition of your life? That's what, what this election is going to be about, as if it is Biden and Trump. And does people's disdain for Trump personally overcome not being able to afford food? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's really what the election, if indeed it is Trump against Biden, is going to be all about. And the UAW workers not necessarily lock and step with what no. the union tells them to do anymore. Okay, so there is a uh, new House Bill 1086, and it is about alcoholic beverage sales in Indiana. And here's a phone call about that. Yes, hi, fellow taxpayers. Uh, Rob, I'd like to hear your commentary, and I know you'll give a commentary on it, about this bill right now that the wine and the beer distributors are uh, screaming about on radio commercials. And I'd like to hear what are these privileges and what are these additional things that liquor stores want to sell. I haven't heard too much about, and I'd like to hear just what this bill is that they're all so fired worried about, and we should be worried about, too and what the ramifications of it uh, seem to be. So just like to hear your thoughts on that. I know we have other bills to worry about, good heavens, but let's worry about this one. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's, we, we have bills. Oh, oh, no, we can't talk about property taxes. No, we can't talk about that. Uh, uh, anyway, so love to hear your comments on it. And what I'm wondering about is they say something about free beer in that commercial. Okay, great question. Uh, that guy... Uh, our friend from the South side, a long time listener. Okay. So the two most powerful lobbies in the state of Indiana are the alcohol lobby, the liquor lobby and the gaming lobby. And if you look at the two most corrupt layers of laws, alcohol and gaming and the alcohol laws in this state are by design to create little fiefdoms and kingdoms for various groups of people and to exclude anybody from impeding in the fiefdom or kingdom. And so in the state of Indiana, there are certain things that beer sellers can do, and there are certain things that wine sellers can do, and it doesn't make any sense other than to create these little kingdoms that people can't intercede in and and squash out competition. And so now that these mixed drinks are the, you know, the things you buy in cans mm-hmm. and et cetera, now that these are a thing, the beer people are arguing that they should have privileges normally preserved for the wine people. And on the surface, they're right because it's ridiculous that you know things like alcohol look if you want to tomorrow start a widget company casey Mm -hmm. you can sell your widgets to whoever you want to sell them to whenever you want to sell those widgets and if you sell those widgets better and at a better price and a better value then you can sell them to anyone well you can't do that with liquor only certain people can sell these things only certain people can sell these things here during certain hours and so it's the the irony is so the beer people want in on the game that the wine people are in the wine people are mad that the beer people are trying to get into their game, but the irony that the beer people want in now when the beer people would squash somebody who tried to come onto their territory as well, what needs to happen 
and it will never happen, even though Ethan Manning, who is that little, who is the guy who is overseeing <laughs> this hearing, and he freely admitted, I mean, this is how stupid some of these people who represent us down the street are. They're stupid enough to say this stuff out loud. Capital Chronicle had a big article about this. He basically said in this hearing, yeah, these laws are convoluted, mm -hmm. and it's always been convoluted. And, and it's going to stay that he's way. He's admitting yeah. these are terrible laws, but because... These lobbyists have such a stranglehold over us because we're addicted to their money, and we know if we cross them, they will fund someone else who will prim primary challenge. I've told you this, that when I was suffering from what I now believe to be several serious head injuries <laughs> and had contemplated running for state senate, mm -hmm. I met with a very, very high-profile liquor lobbyist and met at this guy's house, and it was two hours of you're great. We love all the things you've done. We love your tax reform, your infrastructure. Mm -hmm. You would be phenomenal at the state house. And, you know, he was he was giving me different ideas and things like this and that. And then it comes to the end of the meeting and he goes, I have to ask you this question, or I will eventually ask you this question. What is your view on Sunday alcohol sales? Mm -hmm. And I said, what difference does that make? He said, because I am not going to in any way disrupt my ability or my my clients abilities to earn money i says oh, wait a second you have spent two hours telling me what a phenomenal job i have done and how i'd be perfect down here and i'd be the sort of fighter we need mm -hmm. and you know all the things that i could accomplish but on this one thing yep if i don't line up with you you will support the other guy even though you admit he sucks yes yeah and that was there wasn't an exact moment but that was pretty much the moment casey or I said, I am done with all of this because that is gross. And so you have the state of Indiana admitting, and I walked away from politics and haven't been back. The state of Indiana, you have lawmakers admitting, Ethan Manning admitting, mm -hmm. this committee that he oversees the laws for are totally screwed up. And what we need to do is throw all the alcohol laws out the window and say, if you want to start an alcohol business and Kevin wants to start an alcohol business and Tony Katz wants to start an alcohol business, then we all should be able to start an alcohol business and sell to whoever we want to sell to. But that will not happen because of the power of the liquor lobby. So that is what all of this is about. It is the wine people mad at the beer people mm -hmm. because the beer people are, they view it as impeding on their little kingdom that the state has carved out for them. The irony is the beer people would do the exact same thing to everybody else, even though the beer people are trying to play victim. Okay, Did well, that help? Yeah, okay. help me. I get it. Uh, it's uh, they're, they're fighting and it, nothing's going to change. Uh, okay, one more phone call since Ramaswamy dropped out and DeSantis dropped out. Uh, this woman is concerned about what if something happens to Donald Trump? Where do we go from there? Hi, Casey and Rob. I don't sleep a lot these days. And <laughs> yesterday morning about 2 a.m., I got the craziest thought. So if something super, super awful happens to Trump, and I pray to God that it doesn't, with DeSantis and Ramaswamy dropping out of the race, does that automatically make Nikki Haley the Republican candidate? I thought you might know the answer. Thanks. Love your show, and God bless. Hmm. Okay, so I'll take a stab at this real quick, and I know we got to get to break. Yeah. So if you notice, DeSantis, Ramaswamy, they don't end their campaign. They suspend them. They suspend them, mm -hmm. which means that they could start them again. They primarily do that to be able to continue to raise money to pay off their debts, so they could start them again. If you were to have some horrific event or for some reason Trump couldn't be the nominee, 
it would very likely go to a convention. You would have an open convention, a brokered convention, and that's where the delegates would the cast delegate, their vote. Right. So it would not be that Nikki Haley is the automatic because let's face it, Nikki Haley is going to get boat race in South Carolina, and then she's going to be out too. So that would be it would go to the convention, and then the power brokers, which are almost exclusively establishment-oriented people to be a delegate to a national convention uh, would make the choice, and you're not going to like how that works out.